The text for the sermon is taken from uh, the epistle. And what I'm doing is I'm backing up from the epistle. This is Romans uh, 6, 3. But I'm going to back up to Romans 1 and include that as well because that's what I'm preaching on. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. And obviously that's the point that we're going to be really focusing. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So what I want us to do is to remember what it means to be in someone. Recollect how the Philistines were in Goliath as their champion against Israel, and also how Israel was not in Saul, but rather that he was in David when he slew Goliath. Now, that is a weak participation. Those examples are weak participation, are weak, participation weak examples of what it means to be in someone. There's a stronger participation. Think of how Jonathan and David made a blood covenant with one another and how that blood covenant bound them not only to one another but also to their unborn children, to their unborn children who were in some sense they understood to be already in their bodies. And don't forget how David honored his promise to Jonathan by loving uh, and saving Jonathan's son uh, Mephibosheth not an easy name to pronounce. Try to do it three times in a row. Uh, Mephibosheth, a child who wasn't even born when the promise was made. Uh, another example of this strong participation that I'm talking about that we're really focusing on is the fact that when, when, when babies are born, when a little girl is born, she has all of her eggs right then, correct? Right then, all of them. Everything that she does, her unborn children participate with her. She goes swimming, they go swimming. She gets sick, they have to live with it. This is a strong participation and this is the kind of participation that David and Jonathan made a blood covenant with one another. So that he's saying, everyone who is in your loins, Jonathan, I will love as I love you, as my own. That's the kind of participation we have in Jesus when we're baptized into Jesus. Another way of saying this would be that Mephibosheth participated in the covenant because he participated in his father Jonathan. Abraham believed God to be counted unto him, believed God, and that was accounted unto him as righteousness. But it wasn't just reckoned to Abraham as an individual person. It was reckoned to every single one who was in him. All of his future was also included in that covenant. Are y'all with me? Okay. This is a short sermon this morning. It is. I promise you this. I wouldn't say that and it not be, believe me. Talking about crashing your hopes. Uh, 
Okay, so that now it is in light of that narrative, history, uh, that I want us to understand Paul's question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then that, that last verse, know ye not that as many of us are baptized into Jesus or baptized into his death. You're in Jesus. Now, I want you to keep in mind, keep all that in mind as we visit this problem. At the end of Romans chapter 5, Paul says this, Sin hath reigned, reigned unto death. Which is to say that death constitutes a kingdom of sorts. The kingdom of death. It is a regime that has invaded God's creation. The goal of this insurgency is to separate the creature man from the God who is God. The beginning of this rebellion we have described for us in Genesis chapter 3. The old familiar story of the Garden of Eden and the fall. Paul in Romans 1, 2, and 3, unpacks the damage and disintegration of humankind because of Genesis 3. This is a human condition. Humanity, indeed creation itself, participated in Adam. We were in Adam, participated in Adam. And when Adam entered into this insurrection against God, he took us with him. And so we have entered into this rebellion. We're born part of an insurrection. Our world and we are lost in Adam. The kingdom of death continued from Genesis 3. The kingdom... The kingdom of death continued to have dominion over mankind and to flourish. And then at the right time, God called a man named Abraham to fight back against that kingdom. And he did that by not giving him a commandment. He didn't give him a commandment to follow to do it. He made him a promise. God made Abraham a promise. He didn't ask Abraham to make him a promise. God promised Abraham that he, God, would somehow use Abraham's family to redeem all of creation and to bring back such a beautiful, blissful blessing upon every single creature, man, woman, and child, that it is beyond man's imagination, just as our first hymn says. And Abraham believed God. And that belief is counted as righteousness, which is another way of saying that when he believed God and took God at his word, the covenant was made. He, made the, he, he participated then in God's covenant. Are y'all with me? Are you? Okay. Abraham believed God and established the promise that Paul is, you read Paul's epistles, he's always talking about the promise. This is the promise. There was a seed of that promise, but before the seed of the promise, who is Jesus Christ, was born, the Mosaic law was introduced, and it was obviously after that that Israel took the law to be the gift of God for conquering sin. 
the instrument by which we would be saved. So Israel took the Mosaic law as God's path to salvation. And rather than bringing God's blessing upon her, it led to further, uh, further and further away from the promise that, that God had made to Abraham. I mean, after all, if the devil succeeded in the fall by using a commandment, which is what he did, why would you think that 700 more commandments would be a good idea? That's like 700 more commandments are just going to accomplish exactly much more than the first. Anyway, as long as one attempts to please God through the Mosaic law or frankly through any other external law rather than uh, as opposed to the faith in Je the, the listen, as opposed to the faith of Jesus Christ and his life-giving sacraments and listen to what I said. I said the faith of Jesus Christ. I didn't say your faith. Jesus' faith is what we have faith in, not our, my faith is so puny as yours is. Jesus' faith is the faith of the living God, and that leads us to salvation. So think of the phrase, this is what I want to do, think of the phrase, shall we continue in sin, not only to mean individually doing more sin but think of it more as participation shall we continue to be a part of this reign shall we continue to participate in Adam continue to participate in the dominion of sin that's absurd of course isn't it for the baptized let us continue in sin that grace may abound. Was almost, that phrase was almost certainly a political slogan uh, used to heckle uh, Paul in, in order to discredit him. Paul addresses other sorts, sorts of libel uh, in his letter to the Corinthians and the Galatians. And so this statement, people probably knew exactly where this came from at that time uh, or had a pretty good idea. They were familiar with it. Let us, let us abide in the regime of sin and death so that we can glorify God would be another way to say that. It's, of course, a ridiculous statement. And like all political sloganeering, it's supposed to be ridiculous because it's meant to smear an opponent by reducing his statements to absurdity. But Paul has been down this street before. And he quickly turns the tables on them by taking the slogan as a serious theological statement to which he gives the answer to it. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. What is Paul saying? Listen to me. Y'all listening? This is what he's saying. We have been moved from one kingdom into another kingdom by the faith of Jesus Christ and our baptism into Christ. That's what's happened. We've been moved from one kingdom and placed into another kingdom miraculously as a gift of God. 
And Paul believes that the promise that God made to Abraham, that really critical one, that all the nations will be blessed in Abraham. He believes that. And that all nations will participate in Abraham's blessing and thus benefit from Abraham's faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It made him in, it put him in the covenant. That's what it means when it says counted to him as righteousness. It placed him in the covenant. But not, uh, it was not just reckoned to Abraham as an individual person. It was reckoned to everyone who was in Abraham. Now y'all with me? See why I did all that stuff at the beginning. Everyone who was in Abraham. Uh, these words also apply to, these words apply to us. We who are baptized into Jesus, we too are reckoned righteous. We too are children of Abraham and feed upon his faith and upon the faith of Jesus Christ. We are not in Adam. That's the whole point. We are not in Adam. We're not participating in the kingdom of sin and death. We are waging war against it. We have died to that kingdom because we have been baptized into Jesus Christ and made living members of his body. We are true children of Abraham. We participate in his seed, Jesus Christ, who by his faith founded the new covenant. And just like David who loved Mephibosheth as though he was Jonathan himself. So the father loves us in the same way that he loves his son, Jesus Christ. Fact. And all of the promises that the Father made to Jesus apply to us. He raised Jesus from the dead. He will raise you from the dead. And Paul goes on then to draw the implications of this new position in Christ. And he writes, Let us not sin, let, uh, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey the lust thereof. Neither Yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as uh, those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. Christians, because we are in Christ, do not have to sin. No, you don't. It may be comforting to hear a preacher tell you that you can't help but to sin, but that's not true. You do not have to sin. We have been set free from sin and death. We have died to that. By our baptism, we have been grafted into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We have been buried with Christ. We have died to the regime of sin and death. And we've been raised to a new life through our baptism. Therefore, Paul says, yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.